everyone. Welcome to Movie Films with Bill and Steve. I'm Bill. And I'm Steve. Movies talk. So let's talk movies. Let's talk movies. <gasps> Steve, this is the last episode that's going to be coming out in 2017. Oh, what a year it's been, but we will not regale the past year until next week's episode. Next week. Where we will be doing our year in review, which now that I think about it, that will come out in 2017 but it's not like a 2017 episode it's kind of like the it's like a season finale yeah so you fucked up this is not our last episode of the year yeah I, i'm trying to salvage this you know but i think <laughs> johnson did with star wars the last jedi oh uh, we'll about that in a minute steve how you doing this week leading into the holidays christmas coming up that's a big time of year for you yes it is um uh, i'm doing pretty well you know got everything taken care of just kind of relaxing enjoying the week playing some more xenoblade it is becoming an obsession because it's really good. A lot of side quests going on. Uh, my wife gave me my Christmas present early because she knows what her main Christmas present is already, the SmackDown tickets. Nice. Um, and she just did not want to wrap the gift that she got for me. I got, and she got me a super legit Rocketeer helmet. That's cool. It is super cool. Um, is it metal or is it plastic? Uh, it seems to be a very hard plastic. Okay. She, she got it from a, a guy that makes them on like Etsy or something. That's cool. Um, I was curious when I saw it. It looked looked pretty nice from from it, from afar. It is very nice. It looks it looks that nice up close, honestly. And then the inside is nice. They put in some nice thin foam so that it's comfortable when you wear it, mm-hmm. um, which is especially good for that helmet because you know it's very flat face, so your nose is going to be pressing against the mask. Yeah, so the, the foam helps a lot. But awesome. it look, it, but it looks great. It goes great with my jacket. I'm very excited. I've always kind of wanted that helmet, but I just I've never gotten around to it for no reason that I can actually answer or explain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but she got it for me because she is a very cool wife, and then a, a very cool friend uh, whose name rhymes with Will Curfee got me <gasps> got me some sweet stuff. Got me some uh, little some Tron stuff and uh, uh, some Planet of the Apes dorbs, but above all else, and, and a cool Adam, because I like Adam and I like Brandon Ralph as Adam, uh, but the main thing was that this cool guy, who I love like a brother, uh, was able to get me something that I could not fucking find for the past, like, five months, and that is the Justice League movie Flash figure, the full-size one, mm-hmm. um, and it looks really good. Thank you, Bill. I mean, Will. I mean, Bill. Oh, yeah, I think that Will guy's really nice. Yeah, he's handsome, too. <laughs> awesome, Steve. I'm glad things are going well into the Christmas season. Yes, yes it is. I, How are you I, doing? I'm doing great. I'm really hoping I get to see a post on Facebook about your mother complaining that she had to make eight pounds of potato salad and no one's going to eat it with her. <laughs> well, you know, I hope she does alone. <laughs> <laughs> Because that was, uh, Merry Christmas, from, from memory, that was one of my favorite things, kind of like on social media last year, is just seeing that post, and I went, hmm, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's a good example of one of her many weak attempts at manipulation and guilt tripping. Like, hey, like, mom, like... I need to stop talking to you because you're making me, like, hate myself, and you're treating my wife terribly, so I'm gonna stop talking to you for a long while. I won't see you for Christmas. Okay. I made eight pounds of potato salad and no one's gonna eat it with me. Okay, I don't know what the fuck you expected. (laughs) I'm gonna guilt you into coming over with eight pounds of potato salad because you don't want to go to waste. You don't want food to go to waste. There's children starving in Africa. (laughs) 
You're a bad person if you don't eat this potato salad. You're bad per- I can't believe you, Steve. You didn't eat this potato salad. You are I- scum. I can't believe you, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Uh, this turns into Corbin Dallas's mother on Fifth Element. I can't believe I gave birth to you. Oh, uh, yeah, you're the president. Yeah, the president sounds an idiot. <laughs> like, where is this going? Oof. Uh, I'm doing okay. Uh, today, as we're recording, this is the first day of my vacation. I'm not... Gotta, don't gotta go back to work till January 2nd, Steve. That's really nice, actually. Get to use up those PTO days and my holiday days. Woo! Woo! Little, little mini vacay. Catch up on... Some flicks that I've purchased. Play some video games. Steve, uh, I'm sorry, not Steve. We're doing a bit here. Uh, B. B. Rudinowski <laughs> sent, me, sent me some stuff in the mail. Uh, I got a video game called uh, Schoolgirl Zombie Hunters, which is a just a complete trash uh, Japanese game where you play schoolgirl. It's set in the Oni Chambara universe. You play schoolgirls who go to like a wep- school where they learn weapons stuff. And then there's a zombie outbreak, and you have to kill zombies. But they're not, like, zombie zombies. They're, like, undead, like, uh, yeah. supernatural, like, d- like, demonic forces are bringing them to life. Uh, I played about an hour. So I got through most of the tutorial stuff. It's pretty comical. Like, the zombies are attracted to your to your clothes. Of course they so are. So you can, like, p- take your clothes off and throw them as, like, a trap to attract the zombies so you can shoot them and kill them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't quite figured out many of the benefits of having... You have tons of guns. You just, just tons and tons of guns in this game. Uh, you don't run out of ammo, so you can just kind of switch. But your guns will obviously offer tactical things. Okay. But some guns, I'm just kind of like, I don't... Like, there's sniper rifles. But I think I might have missed something in the tutorial, because I don't know the benefits of using a sniper rifle yet. <laughs> uh, so there's that. And then uh, then Beef also got me uh, probably the best gift... I could have gotten, and that was Ernest Saves Christmas on Laserdisc. Fuck yeah. It was one of those cases I was opening the package, and I thought, I saw the image, because it was kind of wrapped in newspaper the way the guy sent it, and I saw the picture, like, oh, and I thought for a second, I don't think they released the soundtrack on vinyl or anything. <laughs> and then I, then, then I like, half second clicked, I'm like, oh, it's Laserdisc, duh, duh, duh. And then I had also like, oh, I didn't realize they released this on Laserdisc. But Laserdisc was the collector's format for about 10 years. So yes, yes it was. It's not too surprising that, that Ernest Day's Christmas is on Laserdisc. Yeah, I wanted to, uh, well, I mean, uh, Beef. Uh, wanted yeah, to get, that Beef guy. Uh, that Beef guy. He wanted to get you something uh, related to your favorite Christmas movie that'd be more unique that uh, you might have not have known existed, but is still displayable. Yes, uh, ex- you know, it's so funny, for the longest time, every store I went to had those fucking 12 by 12 like frames you put records in. Yeah. I went out today, wanted to pick one up real quick so I can throw this in a frame and hang it up. I, I couldn't find those fucking things anywhere. The only place I can still find them these days is Target. I went to Target. They didn't have any. Well, you're fucked. So I'm gonna, <laughs> I I thought, okay, well, I, I didn't go to Walmart. I'll check out Walmart. If not, I can buy a frame at Michael's that has like enough matting material in there and just pull that out. They'll be thick. Because Michael sells 12 by 12s but they're not... I worry they're not deep enough to hold a, a um, you know, a, the cover and the, the disc and everything, because I just want to shove it all in there. Right, right. Because I don't want to have this, like, random laser disc just sitting around. <laughs> uh, just pop it in your laser disc player. Well, if I had a laser disc player, Steve, I would, but I don't have room for it, and I've never come across one to purchase. I had a CED player. Uh, oh, that's actually super impressive. 
Yeah, I had and I had about twenty uh, CEDs, but uh, the guy who gave it to me is like, it was basically like a, my dad knew somebody, and he's like, here you go, you can try fixing it. It just didn't work; it was short in the power power supply somewhere. And he's like, you can fix it if you want. I'm like, okay. So I sat down. But CEDs are legit trash, mm-hmm. so I never cared about fixing it. But I had like tons and tons, like tons of like Roger Moore and James Bond films. I just it was a weird assortment of movies that came with it. I don't know what happened to them. <laughs> They're at my mom's house somewhere. Uh, for those of you who don't know, CEDs are kind of a... They're analogs, so they're very similar to a VHS tape, but they're on a... It's kind of, think of like a giant floppy disk. Yeah. So you have like a giant plastic cartridge that you'd slide into a player and then remove the plastic cartridge, so it'd kind of leave like the, the, the disc magnetic disc platter in the in the machine, and then it would play it. And it's video quality, and you can everything was basically like a VHS tape. Mm-hmm. And then you just spin to remove it, you put the, the, the plastic cartridge back in and pull it back out. And it kind of has a lot of locking mechanisms so the discs would stay in it and be protected and stuff. Very kind of much a pain in the ass. Yeah, and it didn't really uh, do all too well. So like, you know, obviously, like, LaserDisc actually was, you know, a legit higher quality format and yeah. all that other stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's about it for that stuff uh, going on there. Um, Meowie Christmas has been watched by 363 people. That is amazing. <laughs> now, that only comes out to about, like, um, $50. Hey, making money. Yeah. It, it ain't Super Task Force at its peak money, but that's still a lot of people that have watched my cat beat up burglars and watch Alexander Johnson. Oh, yeah, gotta watch out for those robots down Louisville. Yep. Uh, real talk, like, this is a side thing, or if you have seen this film, we can do a little talk and shop about the film process here. Yeah, let's... You know, when we were writing that, and I was thinking, I was brainstorming, because Alexander Johnson he, uh, clearly is a play on Alex Jones. Yeah, he's a parody, it's legal. Yeah, and, you know, it's one of those things where when you're writing stuff, you think of the, you try to think of crazy shit that you know that guy would say. Mm-hmm. But then, like, later you'll hear lines he said and go, well, I was I was not even close. <laughs> like, the other day I saw a clip when he had uh, Milo Yiannopoulos on there, and he's like, he's like, oh, you got a, you got a scorpion ring. He's like, yeah, scorpion's great. And he's, like, kind of, like, contemplating, and he says, lobster's a psychic. And then this, then this goes on. And it's like, oh, what? <laughs> what did you say? What is going on here? What can is we, this? Can we back up here? Wait a second. Did he just say lobsters are psychic? Yeah, it's like, goddamn, like, I I think I got it. And then you realize you don't got it. Like, nothing you can do can live up to the psychosis of this man. Yeah. And it's just, it's it's, it's something to aspire to. It's to really, just to pure really insanity. Crack that Alex Jones code. <laughs> uh, my bucket list for interviews currently sit at, number one, Jason Statham, number two, Alex Jones. Where's you, Bull? Ooh... Uve Bowl is definitely on my list, but I never really went past, like, Jason Statham. I wanted to talk to Alex Jones on there, because he just seems like some guy I'd be just fascinated. <laughs> like, can I talk? Can I sit down and talk to you about movies for, like, 15 minutes about you? Start screaming about something? Yeah. Because I would, I would like to. Because I remember, there was a period, remember, when he was did movie reviews and rated them, like, on, like, gave them, like, uh, five, like, Paul Revere's. Like he like gave Man of Steel like four, like four out of five Paul Revere's. I do it, remember it that a, it was like an anti globalist like message and all this other stuff. 
And I was like, and he's like, because it shows like him, like the the like American individuals' power over like the global military industrial complex and all such stuff. <laughs> you can watch this. You can watch this movie review on his YouTube page. Oh, I wonder what his review of a Merry Christmas would be. You should send it to him. Let him know. <sighs> I'm sure he'd love it because it has memes. That's true. He loves the memes. <laughs> Give me all those memes. Uh, speaking of memes, Steve, movie news. Yes. Uh, movie news right now is is just a meme. It all it, all movie news is right now is just uh, Star Wars, Steve. Star it's Wars, all Star, Wars Star, Star Wars. Star Wars. Uh, it's a st- oh, Star Wars is the best. Uh, the only real piece of news I thought was interesting is that uh, for the Lord of the Rings TV series, Ian McKellen has said that he is interested in playing Gandalf if he's going to be in it. Mm-hmm. And then Alamo Drafthouse is opening a video rental store uh, called Video Vortex. Who gives a shit about video stores? Well, uh, Family Video is doing really well. Yeah, my Family Video is still open. What does that yeah. mean? Around me, let's see, my hometown has a Family Video. Where I live has a Family Video. Like, everywhere in this area has, has a Family Video. Yeah, there was one where um, my wife and I were living in our apartment that went out of business now, sad. But then we moved uh, to this part of Pittsburgh and realized that there was one one block away oh. on foot. And we're just like, fuck yeah. And don't get yeah. me wrong, it's nice to rent off of Amazon Video from, you know, now and again, but it's also very nice to be able to walk to Family Video and actually have physical media to rent. Yeah, you've got special features, or sometimes you Also, video walk, games. Sometimes you just want to walk and look at stuff. Yeah, walk and look and stuff is the main reason why I go there. If I know a specific movie I want to rent, I'll be honest, I'll probably be more likely to go through Amazon. Well, yeah. But if, I, if I'm if i just like, I want to watch something, I'm not going to browse through Amazon or Netflix. I want to go to the fucking video store and look at the wall. Yeah, go back in time to, to a more democratic age. When where... the box art dictated what I watched. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> dictated a whole generation of people getting duped into watching garbage. This looks neat. Oh, this isn't neat at all! <laughs> No, no one in this movie looks like this guy on the cover. <laughs> what is this? Conan Barbarian isn't in this movie. This is bullshit. Fuck, fucking bullshit. Uh, so that's about it. Everything else is Star Wars. Steve, uh, Star Wars. We talked about it a little bit last week when we had the whole Snoke thing spoiled. Yeah, but that's, that was just a shot. Yeah, it was really funny when I went to the Thursday, you know, 7 o'clock preview screening, which... There was more people in that theater for that movie than there were for was for the uh, the Force Awakens. <laughs> that that theater was packed. Wow! And during the film, because I, I told Rachel there was there was that scene that we laughed really hard about, and I but I didn't tell her what it was because she didn't want to be spoiled. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Spoiler talk because this is the movie films. We always talk spoilers. Fuck it. Who cares? Uh, the scene when Leia is flying through space like Superman. She was losing her mind and looking at me. Is like, is this the scene? <laughs> I was sitting there like, no. Actually. <laughs> it's actually coming later, I guess. Because <laughs> I didn't even know that was in the movie, and I was just, I was blown, I was blown away. Like, what am I watching? Oh my god, fucking mm. <sighs> this movie, Bill. Uh, to, to, to keep it short, um. um uh, my wife's reaction, uh, about three times during the film, she looked over me and whispered, what the fuck are we watching? <laughs> and me and her felt very similar to when we left Prometheus, mm-hmm. so, which we hated Prometheus. And I 
yeah, I would say I'd say at this point I really hated this movie. Man, when I as soon as I got done watching the movie, I was like, I mean, that was fine. It wasn't that bad. Like people are claiming it wasn't good, but it wasn't that bad. I thought it was entertaining and had some issues, but it had some cool stuff too. Mm-hmm. And then within a couple of hours later, I was like. But why the fuck didn't the Admiral tell Poe the fucking plane? There's no reason. How did the bombs fall out of the spaceship? Why was there a your mama joke in the first five minutes? Why, why is Luke an asshole? Why did he almost kill a kid? Why, why is Ray? Why is Ray's parents nobodies? Oh, it's, why did they just fucking regress Finn for no fucking reason and make him a fucking joke the whole fucking movie and have him not progress as a character whatsoever? Fuck Rose! Oh yeah, such a good thing we released as animals, even though it doesn't fucking matter. Oh, I'm glad we wasted 30 minutes on this fucking casino. Felt like a prequel. What the fuck was up with Snoke? <laughs> oh. Steve, uh, this movie's amazing because it just defies expectations. Oh my god, it was... <sighs> this... and I don't understand the people... I don't want to, like, spend our entire fucking episode on this. But well, we got time. We we have no movie news. We'll just so, yeah. So we'll just take. We'll just use like a, a trade off. We'll use that time. For exactly. Star Wars okay. Talk. Um, That's all that matters. I do not understand the people that are saying, "Oh, people don't like it just because it did stuff different, just because it subverted expectations." I'm just like, no, it fucking didn't. Like it's it subverts its own subversions every single time it was doing something different. It just went back and did it the way I expected it to fucking go. Like, oh, Ray immediately went to the dark side. That's really cool. Maybe she's actually going to go dark. Oh, and Kylo is super conflicted, and he's connecting with her. Is Kylo and Ray going to switch places? That would be completely unexpected. Whoa, he just killed his boss, and they're talking about just fucking everything. Oh, no, actually, he's still super evil, and she's a good guy. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. The twist is there is no twist. Oh, fuck! The fucking uh, bridge blew up, and there's Leia floating in space. Is that how we're saying goodbye to this character? That's completely unexpected. I wouldn't have expected that to happen. That's super cool. Oh, okay, the sunlight hit her skin, so she's healing, and she's Superman. Oh, fuck yeah! Fucking Luke is showing up to fight. I didn't expect that. He looks like he got a makeover, but this movie's shit so far, so I'm just expecting that they messed up in makeup. Oh, oh, he's just gonna die like Obi-Wan, that sucks. Oh, fuck, he's just a projection, that's cool. I didn't expect that, Luke is totally fine, he'll be back in the third movie, oh, he died. Like Obi-Wan. Like Obi-Wan. Just fucking, every single time the movie started to do something unique and different, it just became the same bullshit. So I do not understand people saying that, like, it did something different, because it fucking didn't. It went so far out of its way to make stuff set up in the same way the original trilogy was, and to, like, fuck over everything set up in The Force Awakens. But other than that, like, clearly Ryan Johnson said, I want to do this, but how does that logically make sense? Fuck you. And just did it. Just did it anyway. It's perfect if you don't think about it. Um, and that's the whole fucking movie. He was just like, I clearly, you know, we see this huge resistance in the first film supported by the Republic. And in this film, there's like a few hundred of them. And then by the time they fucking get to the end of The Last Jedi, there's like 15. Just so that he, because he clearly so hard wanted small rebel group versus the Galactic Empire again. This all takes place in like the course of a week too, like... This film takes up right at the end 
really, of The Force Awakens. Yeah. <laughs> so we went from this weird fringe group called the New Order, which had all of its shit on the, on the Starkiller base, which got fucked. And the fucking Resistance that had a huge following, and everyone was like, all oh, cool with that, and now in the span of a week, we got a brand new fucking Galactic Empire that is just as strong as the Empire somehow, and 15 Resistance members, because everyone else died unceremoniously off-screen. By Admiral Akbar. <sighs> what the fuck is this movie, Bill? I think you covered most things. Actually, the biggest the biggest grievance I have this film I had in the theater, uh, and the, obviously this has blown up a lot since last Thursday... They weaponized hyperdrives. Yeah. And that just, that ruins, like, everything in Star Wars. Yeah, because, like, when I saw it, visually, I think that's one of the best scenes in the movie. Visually speaking. Yes, yes. It's amazing. They kill all audio. And it, it is a definite sell of, like, total silence can sell how epic something is. The, the, visually, in the movie, hyperdrive as a weapon is phenomenal. Story-wise... It fucks everything. Go, it go, the, Bill. Go, like, it, just... It, it, this is the biggest disaster in the entire 40-year span of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Because now, any future film, anything, oh, we need we need to do this thing. Well, the answer should be, okay, we'll just hyperdrive a ship into it. Yeah, we'll just get a droid. Uh, the assault on the Death Star of Yavin 4. Well, why did we should just hyperdrive a ship into it. Uh, assaulting Death Star 2 over the moon of Endor. Sorry, the forest moon of Endor. <laughs> hyperdrive a ship into it. We gotta st- We gotta destroy this stuff. Hyperdrive anything. Anything. Hyperdrive a ship into it. Oh, we gotta assault the rebel base on Hoth. This hi- we gotta get through their shield generator. We have to use ground forces. No, 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 no. Just hyperdrive a ship. Ship through it. Just that kills all of them immediately. All of them. Problem solved. Fixed, why don't, why don't we just have it. a bunch of autopiloted X wings and with hyperdrive engines just fly the fucking everything? Oh. The, uh, whatever, the, uh, Excelsior class, the Superstar Destroyer, whatever the fuck, Executor, or whatever it was. Uh, that's not an issue, just, just fly fucking, well, I mean, admittedly, an A-Wing took that out, but their shields are down, there's a reason for that. But no, no, we don't need that anymore, just take an A-Wing and hyperdrive right into the bridge, it's destroyed. Immediately. Doesn't matter what shields you have. Doesn't matter what ship you have, just hyperdrive it into the, the, the bridge of a Star Destroyer, boom, one A-Wing, one, just one tiny little ship, hyperdrive right into it, fuck, it's destroyed. Yep. What? Are you? What? what are you fucking idiots? What did you do? <laughs> what did you do? First off, you they mean that you're trying to set this big emotional thing for Admiral Holdo, played by Laura Dern, Admiral who, fucking nobody, who I don't know who this person is. She does nothing in this film that's redeeming because actually, what she does by not telling me their plan kills like everybody. Yeah, I like uh, clearly this film's intention. Intention was to have strong female characters. However, what this film did was show that when women are in charge, people die for no reason. <laughs> like, <laughs> she she was so, like, my one friend, Laura, she even, she hated her character so much because her not telling Poe the plan was nothing but fucking pettiness. There's no fucking reason for it. There's no logical reason anybody would not, not tell him, hey, here's our plan. We're just going to, you know, t- drag them along for a while. Then we're going to sneak out on these ships. And Poe would be like, oh, okay. That's, yeah. That's a perfectly logical plan. They won't pick us up on the radar because they're tracking this big ship. Okay. Perfect. Then boom. We don't have to go to casino night. We don't have to fucking do it. Everyone lives. <laughs> we, don't, we don't lose like 75% of the rebel forces. Yep. And then immediately it's also like, why? But again, they could have fucking hyperdrove that shuttle 
and taken like ten people away at a time since they were able to go to fucking Casino Planet and back and no one noticed. Yeah. The fact that they left and went to another fucking planet and then fucking came back completely kills any true sense of, like, dread of that scene and just made me hate it the entire fucking time. Because it's just like, oh, you're talking to someone, but you're not calling for help. Like, oh, you can leave. No fucking problem. Why can't everyone else leave? Well, if you're calling Maz, why couldn't you call, call, like, other factions in the outer rim call other parts of the republic that were that wasn't the capital there's other parts of the republic that was just that was just washington dc mm-hmm. oh and even then with the first order you don't have any other ships you can't send those other star destroyers in front other, other hyper i mean even they go with the stupid hyperdrive lanes like fine send them off somewhere else so they can then come from the front yeah Call another fucking dreadnought with your fucking suborbital like uh, gunfire bombardments. You don't have any more of those. Supposedly you're supposed to have more than that. Yep. Where's it at? Oh, Poe took it out by killing uh, his entire squadron. We're just gonna keep driving along this entire time. Doesn't matter by doing this plan, we lose our medical frigate and all this other stuff. Yeah, very important pieces of the fucking. God damn it! You uh, you need those. And this has been said a lot, too. Why didn't they just keep Admiral Akbar alive and have him be the character that, you know, drove the ship and the stuff? That, that way, at least if we're going to do this fucking jump-the-shark horrific moment, at least it's a character we have an attachment to. Yeah. It also could have been Leia. It could, Yeah, it could have. But then, obviously, she died after they wrote all this stuff, so... Well... They put all their chips Fuck on it. one person living, and that was the actor that died. Good job, guys. <laughs> Whoops. Whoopsie. Oh, man, the whole fucking... Luke's death was just a fucking punch to the dick for me. It's so pointless and unceremonious. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, at first I appreciated that he was a ghost dude. Because it, it was pretty obvious, unless you weren't paying attention. You know, he, he has the blue lightsaber that we just saw got destroyed. He's not leaving any footprints on the snow planet. I mean, salt planet. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he looks way younger. I mean, that being said, it's still a bit of like a, oh, fuck, that he is just a hologram. That's awesome. He's totally fine. Mm-hmm. But then he, I guess he uses too much of the force, so he dies. Question mark? Mm-hmm. Just seems pointless. There's no reason for Luke to die. In this film. Maybe- my biggest gotcha moment of that is he gives the Hans dice to Leia. Like, <laughs> then it's like, those are fake. Like, what if she kept those? Like, it's a mental of my uh, ex, ex-husband who died. And then they fade I away. I hold on to this. And it's like, this disappears. Like, like Luke's in, like, the Jedi Enlightenment tier. And like, ah, gotcha, bitch. Gotcha, bitch. Also, he kept projecting them after he was dead. Yeah, that made sense. I thought that. Yeah, I gotta wait for, like, Kylo Ren to pick them up and have them go poof. Yep. God See, this movie's really bad. Yeah... Like, I'm with you. There's parts that I think were kind of cool that weren't that awful. I, I love Kylo and Rey fighting back-to-back. That was cool and unique, honestly. I like the fucking... That fight scene was fun. It was entertaining. It was a little silly at times, but, like, it was it was good action. They started, like, making humorous moments of rather grotesque things. Like the lightsaber through the fucking head? Yeah, that's the first thing. It's like, that happened, it's like, that's meant to be kind of a joke moment. It's like... Uh, lightsaber just went through a fucking person's head. Or what are we? La- what is this? What are we laughing at? Are you fortunately, fucking kidding me? Fortunately, my theater did not laugh at that. Everyone just went. Oh, people in my theater kind of because <laughs> it, it's kind of written to be like a beat. Like, 
Uh, uh, Kylo Ren's still like probably the best character. He's the best character. These, these entire movies. It sucks. This movie ruined all the new characters. You know, like mm-hmm. in the first film, I liked Ray. I liked that there was like a mystery to her, and she was being built up. And people were like, "Oh, she's a Mary Sue." And I was like, "Fuck you! She's not a Mary Sue. If she's a Mary Sue, then Luke and Anakin were fucking Mary Sues." And then in this one, it's just like, "Oh, she's a nobody. She is actually completely a Mary Sue." And in the first film, Finn was my fucking spirit animal. I love Finn more than any other character in the entire franchise. He was me. He was just a, a funny guy stuck in a shit situation trying to do the best he can that just wanted to run away, but then he was given a reason to stay, and he fucking stood up, stood up to it. And in this one, he completely regressed as a character and did fucking nothing. Except he was finally going to sacrifice himself, and then the movie also went against that subversion and saved him in the stupidest fucking way possible. Damning the entire resistance by almost suicide. <laughs> And then fucking Poe in the first in the Force Awakens was just a cool badass fucking pilot that didn't have much to him, but he was unique. He was fun. He was kind of Han esque, except he was working for the uh, Resistance from the start. And then this one, he's just a fucking guy that murders his entire squadron and doesn't care. It was worth it to get the job done. It's like that's like uh, uh, Cassian Andor stuff from Rogue One. That's like that's that's the you know whatever it takes, whatever cost. Yeah. That's that type of attitude of those like those kind of black ops rebellion guys. Mm-hmm. Nothing from the first film up till now that doesn't seem like Poe's character at all. No, not at all. So, from, from even you know I know it was in, in um, Force Awakens a ton, but you know it's still there's even a tiny like lazy like lack of detail in this film. Uh, Finn is wearing that jacket and he gets like his back, back all sliced up by Kylo Ren. And he's wearing the jacket again, and there's no like hole, there's no stitching. It's just a perfectly fine jacket. Of course it is. That's just a, it's a that, that is a total nitpick. I'm not damning the film for that, but it's one of those like, come on, guys, you have that, you have this much money, mm-hmm. and you can't do this little thing. No, why would they? No. I don't know. It's uh, Jesus Christ. I I agree with the uh, Red Letter Media guys when they were talking about how I really really liked Kylo going like, fuck this, this is stupid, good evil, who fuck cares? It's all fucking bullshit. Um, let's start our own thing. Let's just throw all this shit away and just start our own thing together. But mm-hmm. first, let's start with killing all of your friends. Even though I have no motivation to do so. Yeah. Like that... I, I want to see the movie where Kylo says, Hey guys, cease fire. I'm in charge. Cease fire. Ray and I are going to try to recreate a government together. I want to see that movie. See, that would be different. That would have been interesting. That would actually be different! Instead, the next film will be The Resistance Destroying a Super Weapon. What is the next film? Like, they wrapped up, like, everything in this film. This, like, in the original trilogy, and even in the, in the prequel trilogy, honestly, uh, the first film ended on a very, like, as a closed story. It Like, that's it. Whereas in The Force Awakens, it ended basically on a cliffhanger with a bunch of mysteries and questions. Mm-hmm. And then it was part two that ended on the cliffhanger stuff. In this trilogy, fucking part two is ending with full finality. Like, what's the next, like you said, what's next? What's the next story? I don't give a shit about anyone in this in these movies anymore. Yeah. Stupid. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> well, just, we'll leave it there at that. I mean, I guess we just kind of, we'll kind of get him a two for one in this episode. Do you have a star rating for The Last Jedi? Uh, I guess four and a half out of five. <laughs> no, not really. Uh, it's... I gave Power Rangers a two, right? Mm-hmm. 
if I'm remembering right and I gave Power Rangers a two, I give this one a two and a half. Because I do think this one is slightly better than, say, Power Rangers was. Because it at least had stuff that I liked. It also had way more times when I was shaking my head. But there was at least um, moments <laughs> that I thought were really cool. Yeah. Uh, it was a two, two out of five for me. Uh, it's a very well-made film. The very well-made film. The cinematography was fucking beautiful. Multiple and times. And I thought, uh, for the material given to them, uh, the actors were trying their best. Adam Driver's still the best actor working in these these movies. Agreed. And uh, just the, the script was just abysmally terrible. Yeah. But, yeah, I will say this. Spoiler for next week's year in review. It's not the worst movie I've seen this year still. Definitely not the worst movie I've seen this year. So we will, we'll chat about that next week. So that's that. So let's move on to the, the second film review of this week's episode. You know, the actual fil- the original is supposed to be the film for this week. But we'll give you a little two-for-one. It's a little Christmas gift to you guys. Mwah, love you so much. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. Watch Merry Christmas. Watch Merry Christmas. Also, uh, look up uh, Home Alone with Blood. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where a guy goes through and edits clips of Home Alone, Home Alone 2 with uh, CGI gore effects. Yeah, it looks really good. They were so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Marv getting hit in the face with a brick and his head like caving in. <laughs> <laughs> and then immediately cutting over to the end credits. It's so funny. Ah, <laughs> oh, God. Uh, check those out. They're very, very funny and enjoyable. Uh, but this week, um, I, t- I t- we teased it. We talked about this earlier in the year. We are back, baby. We're back to the Zeus Cinematic Universe. Zeus Cinematic Universe. Zeus begins. Zeus begins. That's right. We're going all the way back to the beginning this time with the dog who saved Christmas. The first in the nine film franchise. I I don't know how many films it is. I think think that's right. I think it's six. uh, I know that there's three Christmas ones because it's Christmas, the dog who saved Christmas, like a Christmas vacation, and then the dog who saved the holidays. There are six, yeah. Christmas, Christmas Vacation, Halloween, Holidays, Easter, and Summer. That's right. Summer. Okay, six. Six of these fucking movies. So we, we're now, currently, we are a third of the way through the series. <laughs> <laughs> so we're Bill, I'm not watching any more of these. Oh, Steve, this is going to be, this is going to be, this, next, next, next December is going to be Talking Animal Month. Apparently there's a talking uh, rabbit movie about Christmas. Of course there is. Oh! That Rachel, that Rachel found on Amazon. Uh, I noticed Meow Christmas on the Amazon video page. It finally is, has, like, related videos and, like, people also watch Blank. So we probably, uh, that's some of the uh, 300 views probably came from people watching other talking Christmas movies. And yours is on Prime, so it's free to watch. Exactly. So the kids will watch that cute gizmo cat. Uh, I think in the next film we just need to have slightly less Alexander Johnson. I've noticed that the kids start to lose the interest because we use them a bit too much. I thought two times was funny. I, I mean how long the scenes are. Well, Steve, you made the fucking thing. Yeah, I did. And I stand by, in this film, I'm just learning my lesson, that's all. No, Steve, maybe the kids want more out. No, you gotta be like a studio. Like, the cl- the kids clearly loved it. <laughs> clearly. I should have had more fart jokes. Yeah, that was our problem. We don't have enough fart jokes. Alexander Johnson should have went to, like, a beached walrus and then, like, squirted green milk into a glass and drank it. Kids love that, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah, this movie's from 2009, PG, one hour, 29 minutes, directed by Michael Pfeiffer. Uh, this was a, a, a ABC Family release uh, on the Countdown to 25 Days of Christmas. Yes. Uh, aired in the 2009 winter season, and with 4 million viewers. Holy shit. It was the number one cable film of 2009 winter season. Specifically winter season. Um, well, well yeah, that's because they had Mario Lopez voicing Zeus. 
Yeah, that's clearly it. All those Saved by the Bell fans coming to rescue. Why even bother having Mario Lopez at that point? Because it doesn't sound anything unique. It just sounds like some dude. I, did, some I, dude. I didn't even notice that, you know, it was a different voice compared to Halloween, which had not Mario Lopez. Uh, might as well get to the synopsis on this one. Uh, we're going to read the product description off of Amazon. <laughs> IMDb has, like, uh, this is too long, not reading it. The Bannister family's new addition, Zeus, voiced by Mario Lopez, a former canine police hero, appears to be less than the dependable guard dog the family needs. However, when two burglars, led by Dean Kane, set out to break into the Bannister's home while they're away for Christmas, Zeus seizes the chance to be a hero, proving every dog, even this one, has his day. Even this one, this trained police dog. Oh, Steve, the DVD of this has an audio commentary with uh, Mike, the producer-director Michael Pfeiffer, executive producers uh, Jeffrey Schneck and Barry Barnholtz, co-producer Peter Sullivan, composer Andres Bolton, and actors Gary Valentine and Eliza Donovan. Why does this film have a commentary track? With that many people. What, what are they going to bring to this? Like, yeah, here's the scene when we just didn't give a shit. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we had the, 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 this actor just farting all the time. Yeah, just kept farting. Okay. How embarrassing would that be? Because, like, it's this kind of movie with the commentary track? Like, this isn't, like, a notorious, like, good-bad film or has some uh, characteristic about it which would lead to, like, a, you know, I'm really curious about the production of this film. I'm going to pop in the commentary. Like, you know, stop <laughs> something, you know, like a Mad Max film. You'll hear Frank Miller talk about it. Or you'll hear Steven Spielberg talk about something. Or Peter Jackson. Oh, boy, this commentary has fucking uh michael pfeiffer in it what i gotta hear what his inspiration was with the fucking uh you know the 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 dog pound that looked like a porn set i want him to tell me that ha 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 uh i just want you guys to know uh you know this location uh uh, is is used for uh, you know a lot of uh uh, you know uh adult movies (laughs) then gary valentine pops in and says yeah, the one time I was with my brother, uh, Kevin James, uh, <laughs> we, we, we were kind of laughing about that as well. Ha ha ha. Kill me. <laughs> this is the part of the film where I uh, contemplated suicide. This part right here, when I saw the dog playing with the rope, I thought, instead of the chandelier at the end of that rope, what if it was my corpse? <laughs> Uh, maybe that would be the true present Santa will leave me. Death. For what is life? This is hell for we at the damned. This is one of those weeks when that line uh, might as well be etched into my forehead. <laughs> uh, we, I thought, you know, we should actually do a Christmas film, and why not go back to the Zeus universe? And this movie was much worse than The Dog Who Saved Halloween. It was weird. And let me tell you, folks, I started texting Bill that this one was better. And I stand by that when I was texting it, because Act 1 of this movie doesn't give a shit, but, like, in such a good way, where I was laughing at how stupid it was. Mm-hmm. Like, not quite Three Dog of Tears t- quality, but the same sort of tone of, fuck it, let's just fucking improv and say stupid fucking shit and have dumb fucking animal voices. I don't give a shit. And I was laughing. And then it immediately dropped in quality very harshly, I think, as soon as Zeus got home. Yeah, then the film went from, you know, I thought, okay, I'm like 30 minutes in, whatever. And then, like, seven years later, I was sitting there for, like, a giant beard. And, like, <laughs> just wondering, like, where had time gone? The pa- pacing of this film 
is like someone in a, a semi truck screeching on the brakes and flying through a children's zone. I thought we were getting to the climax at least two or three times. Yeah, we were we were definitely not doing that. Like, oh, like the first time the the uh, cop that's disguised as a ro- as a robber was breaking into the place, mm-hmm. and it's like, nope, gotcha. I'm just a friend guy. I'm a dog whisperer man. Dog whisperer. Your dog man. is hopeless just because I gave a mistake this one time. Oh, you might as well kill him. <laughs> Pretty much. Might as well just euthanize this dog. He is worthless. I mean, he's still a good dog. Well, the wife, you know, is a cunt. She said, Steve, it's either the dog or the alarm system. We can't have companionship in this household. No companionship allowed. Even no. though we have this giant mansion and a huge yard, and our kids All love the dog. Is, we have the, you know, what? The... <laughs> our, I know our house is the lament configuration. It's <laughs> an evolving hellscape where... <laughs> Staircases go one place and go someplace else. There's doors everywhere that look like they're the front door in some other house. <laughs> oh, that should have been the film. Just the burglars are like walking through, like, what's happening? We can't get out. out. Then it turns out the family are uh, Cenobites. Yeah, they're Cenobites. And, you know, Gary Valentine's skin falls off. Then it's Doug Bradley as Pinhead. He's like, oh, we have such wonderful sights to show you. And then Dean Cain screams, and the other man, like, just farts more. Does Dean? And then does... Zeus with his little paws is solving is solving the puzzle box. Yeah, and he's like, row, 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 row. he starts barking at him, and he's like, and then Mario Lopez is like, I send you back to hell, you know, for Christmas. Does Dean Kane say Jesus wept before he explodes? <laughs> you know, it's funny. Dean Kane kind of does look like Uncle Frank with the ma- with the makeup a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, Dean Kane, you remind me of a man that had chains. In <laughs> I do gotta say, Dean, you look damn good for your age. He is. I think he put, he definitely chubbied up a bit by the time he, Dog Who Saved Halloween no, no. came out. He got chubbed up, but I mean, he hasn't. He hasn't. I mean, I saw him in person just two years ago, and he's still a really fucking handsome man. Oh, he's a good-looking dude. I would kiss him. Not. <laughs> I I would kiss him. Not in this movie, though. He doesn't deserve it. No, he's he. It's like again, it's like similar. It's not Dog Who Saved Halloween. I kind of made the joke of, um, you know, it's like oh, they had Dean Kane for a day. It looks like, and <laughs> this isn't too much different. Yeah, this is way worse than Halloween. It, it really feels like they had him for a day. Like they have two two setup shots in the truck, fart around the house. Okay, bye, Dean. I like the ornament trap. Man, Merry Christmas is fucking awesome compared to this. Like, the yeah, entire dude, time I was watching the burglars break into the house sequence, I was like, fuck you. You know what I, was, I, I thought when I was watching this? When uh, Zeus is, like, wrecking the house, I thought that was all a setup. Like, and it, I, I was giving this film and this filmmaker way too much credit. So <laughs> I thought, oh, he, like, knocked a bunch of gumballs down. That would be, like, a trap later by when accident. the burglars are breaking in. Yeah. And he, like, he, like distorts them by accident a lot. That's and what I like, thought it was going to be, yeah. That was just literally Zeus tearing up the house. Yeah, just being a piece of shit. It's, what kills me is this, that Zeus is a foreigner canine dog. Which this dog catcher has all of his credentials also. Uh, all his credentials has, has a plaque? <laughs> Where did this plaque come from? Zeus, it was in Zeus's pocket. So he's a really smart dog. 
but he drinks from the toilet, that talking toilet. Yes. Uh, and he destroy just destroys everything else. It's like, are you're not? I thought you're just be smart. You're like the world's like best police dog, supposedly. Yeah, but you're fucking an idiot. <laughs> you're 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 awful. You're just bad. And, at life. So, and <laughs> I, I mean, I know. Wow, I'm criticizing a garbage, you know, Christmas made for TV film. But seriously, it's like you can you can try a little bit. Just have logic to the storytelling. You can still make a dumb movie for kids and still, you know, at least be, have be sound in your logic. Yeah. Like, when we talked about Three Dog of Tears, that movie had a charm to it, and I don't think there was any points besides the dog catcher where I was like, why is this happening? Yeah. Because it made sense. Robbers stole their stuff, so the dogs are going to go out and try to find their stuff. Mm-hmm. I can follow that logic, even if it's really inept. Yeah. And they go, they go on the internet and print off a map. Yeah. To the mall, because that's where Santa is. Because there's a commercial telling them where Santa is. Where's Versus Santa? fucking Zeus is a fucking trained police dog. And his plan for these robbers are, I'm going to go get help. From where? Adrian Barbo's tits. Like, holy shit. If fucking... <laughs> he, didn't even go get... he didn't even go get help. He apparently hit his head or something. He just said, oh, a branch. And then he blacked out. And then he's in the cat lady's house with that beautiful fucking cat. Holy shit. Um, and then she's just like, I noticed that you don't bark, so let me give you a really long monologue about how you can bark again, as if animals can understand me. Which we know they do, but no one else in this world does. Uh, the entire segment at Adrian Barbeau's house, uh, I, I think I could have watched the entirety of Lawrence of Arabia during that. <laughs> It was so long and really boring. And I, I, this film is just terrible for wasting Adrian Barbeau. Yeah, she she could have done so much more for you guys. Have you seen her tits? Yeah, seriously. If we, why couldn't we uh, just seen her tits in this film? Yeah, why? why? That, that's a natural thing. Kids like tits. Kids love tits. They're sucking on them all day. Yeah. Boom. Sound logic. <laughs> Hello. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah. The whole Home Alone rip-off, homage, whatever word you want to use, because I did the same thing in Merry Christmas, but I feel much more confident in what I did compared to this fucking movie. Well, Steve, you know, how can you compete with uh, throwing ornaments off a balcony? Which, you hear uh, shattered glass, but then whenever they cut to a wide shot, they're all bouncing plastic ornaments, and there's not one broken one anywhere on the ground. Steve, how can you compete with dumping flour on them? I at least appreciate <laughs> that that did nothing. <laughs> he inconvenienced them so much with that flower. <laughs> he really should just lace the bologna with poison. Oh my god, that would have been amazing. Because Fat Burglar can't help but eat. It's, it's eat or fart. Oh, he does both. <laughs> uh, I would have enjoyed it more if he would have had a fart catch on fire like in Dog Who Saved Halloween. <laughs> At the time, I think I might have been like, why the fuck did this happen? But I, I would have taken that over this movie, where it's just, just farts. Just farts. Because I would at least laugh more at the fact that they burst into flames. Yeah. And go, what what is happening here? Uh, this movie needed more Lance Hendrickson. Yeah, I wish Lance Hendrickson was in this movie. But what would he have done? He could have been the person next door. No, he already was the person next door in that movie. No, every single time they move, there's another person that looks like Lance Hendrickson. They're all related. <laughs> They're all related. They're all brothers. It's so funny, because we were talking about that, I, I got that fun vindication, we were talking during Dog Who Saved Halloween, 
I said, oh, they moved into a new house. I wonder if they had to move because the old house they were shooting in was just too much. They couldn't either get it or afford it anymore. Yeah. yeah. And then this film, I see the house they're shooting in. Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is the richest fucking family, apparently. And Yeah, that workman's comp is really paying off for the dad. <sighs> Jesus Christ. You know, good old, good old uh, George. It's so funny when you look at the cast on... Uh, I'm uh, Wikipedia. It's like Mario Lopez, Dean Dean Kane, Eliza Donovan. It goes on everything. Then it gets to Gary Valentine. You know, like the star of the film, he's like fifth on the bill. Yeah, of course he is. <laughs> I like that their son committed suicide, and that's why they have a new son in the sequel. Oh Jesus Christ! Uh, What's his name? Uh, Charlie Stewart. I think it's the name of the son in this. Sure. Yeah, Charlie Stewart. I had to look him up because he does not look like a child. No. And then in this during in this film, he was seventeen. I would have guessed sixteen. He he just has a he just he just looks weird. He's a weird looking guy. <laughs> and yeah, they definitely had they definitely killed him and replaced him with another kid. With a cuter child. I think the daughter was also replaced. Uh, of I, course, I, she was. You know, like... there's a whole chronology here on the web. I can't see her. So, uh, see, uh, Zeus, uh, you know, is is Mario Lopez for two films, and Joy Lawrence for two films, and Mario Lopez again. So we missed him on Dog Who Saved Halloween. Uh, Belinda has always been Eliza Donovan. Uh, oh, oh, there's no Gary Valentine in uh, Dog Who Saved Easter. Oh, shit. That's right. He's back in summer, though. He comes back in summer, so we got that filled out there. Thank God. Uh, yeah, there's different children, different kids with their children in every film. Oh, so it's like the vacation movies. Yeah. Same quality. Uh, funny enough, uh, in Dog Who Saved the Holidays, Wyatt Griswold plays, huh. <laughs> plays Ben Bannister. Huh. Uh, Stewie is always played by uh, Joey Diaz with Dean Kane. Yeah, it's weird I that they Mildred, keep. It's weird that they keep running into those fucking burglars. Yeah, they're apparently in every one of these films. I, I yeah, wow. <laughs> I I don't know, understand how that keeps happening. Well, I guess we need Dean Kane in the next one. Well, now we have to watch the linking piece here. We need to watch the dog who saved Christmas vacation to find out how they ties in there, so we know how it ties into Halloween. Because it's funny because Zeus and Zeus and Halloween's like, hey, you're guys who robbed us during Christmas. So I'm kind of wondering, like, what were they doing during Christmas vacation? Robbing them again? Wow, I would not put it past this uh, this writer director. Oh uh, no, Zeus is in New York, and the uh, Dean Cain happens to be in New York signing uh, Superman pictures, <laughs> and then he decides to murder the dog. And then Get- he killed the dog. <laughs> it works because it's a fart joke, just like <laughs> <All right>. this movie. <laughs> Anytime you work in a Kung Pao reference, that is actually a very good, very, very good uh, throwback to that. Oh, I love you, Kung Pao. Love you so much. Uh, this uh, a scene that could, might as well have been a Kung Pao. Uh, Gary Valentine has a very intimate, sexy dog bath. Yeah, that was kind of amazing slash horrible. It was so strange. So strange, just a sexy bath with his dog and hit like f- and hitting on the dog too. It was like, and yeah, you like that, Zeus. Yeah. And Zeus is even like, uh, this is this is kind of uncomfortable. Is, He's like, yeah. And then it becomes, okay. oh, actually, this this is nice. Like, yeah, you're gonna like it, slut. We're gonna get you clean, real clean. But then I'm gonna get you're, you dirty. Oh, you can't bark. Oh, you will. <laughs> you'll bark. They all bark. They always bark. <laughs> <laughs> you'll bark and you'll yelp. Uh, uh that I like how that Kevin James' Zeus... brother bastard. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's the Jim Belushi of dog films. <laughs> <laughs> you 
can't, you know, it's just the, the Kmart. You can't afford Kevin Kevin James. Get his Kmart, you know, Blue Eyed Special brother. <laughs> okay, so a part of the movie that actually fucking made me laugh because it was so fucking out of fucking nowhere was the Jewish Chinese delivery guy. Oh, yeah. That was legitimately funny. And during the part of the film that I thought was shit. But that part was, it was just like, why did they think of this? This is slightly offensive, but not so offensive that it can't be in a kid's film. And he has mm-hmm. some fucking choice lines. Hey, happy Hanukkah! No, uh, happy holidays is okay. Um, oh, nice! Oh, yeah, we're making the that house. No, I'm talking about her. <laughs> yeah, she's kosher. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that was awkward. Okay. Yeah, that that was pretty funny. But like, why can't they clear this? And obviously, in Halloween, it's like you guys can do some some pretty pretty you know legit you know haha chuckle moments. Yeah. Why can't you do more of that? Yeah, do more of that. If there's like ten more of those, and that sounds like a ridiculous number, but it's not because this is a fucking hour and a half long fucking movie that feels like it's nine hours long. But if you could do ten more jokes like the Jewish del- Chinese food delivery guy, this movie would be way better. Because guys, uh, at least I, just watch Three Dogateers. Yes, clearly that's our takeaway from this. That was like the first one we watched, and we were like, "What the fuck is this?" And every single time we've watched anything else, and I've watched a few without you because of my fucking mm-hmm. wife that's addicted to this shit now, <laughs> and they're all terrible. The Three Dogateers is the best fucking one we watched because it was self-aware the whole time. You can be silly and, st- and, and stuff, you know, be quote-unquote family and something kids will enjoy. Yeah. I, and honestly, I mean, at this point, I'm willing to believe that the director of Three Dog Tears was watching all this fucking shit and went, fuck, let's get fucking Dean Cain. He's in all these fucking bullshit movies. <laughs> we need Dean Cain, too. I love this tie. <laughs> this is the best tie I've ever seen. I'm so excited. I have a Christmas party of friends uh, this weekend. I'm, I've been talking up that movie since we watched it in July. Look at this tie chart. A <laughs> uh, couple more bad parts before we get to the the crescendo. Why like the only redeeming part of this film? Be oh bad. yes, only redeeming part. Uh, so when Zeus destroys the gingerbread house, why is there a fake gunshot? Mm-hmm. That I mean, I had, to, I had to rewind that. Like, is there is there a gunshot? <laughs> and then everyone's like befuddled, minute trying to clean it up. I'm, at the same time. All Grandma wanted was a gingerbread house for Christmas. That's it. And you ruined Christmas because now she had to go to the store and buy one. We spent weeks building that. Ah! Shut up, Eliza, you dumb cunt. Seriously, that was. That's the actress. That's not fair to the actress. The actress seems great. Yeah, Belinda is a piece of shit. Even the entire time watching this film with my wife, she kept on saying, "I fucking hate this lady. She's a she's a terrible person for no reason." Eliza's fine. As far as, like, the actors and stuff in this film, I think she's probably the best, with like, up there with Dean Cain. Yeah, I'd say so. Oh, Dean was actually she... really good in this. Especially because, oh, yeah, especially because, like, and, like, yeah, by comparison, Halloween's the better movie, but, like, in this one, he is supposed to be, like, an actual villain, as opposed to where mm-hmm. he's much more bumbling by, you know, the third in the franchise. Yeah. Um, but I thought he was actually, like, he teetered that line really perfectly where he, like, came off as, like, a legitimate threat, but also still, like, a fun kids movie villain mm-hmm. that you wouldn't be actually terrified of i thought dean was really good in this so he's like five dollar dvd bargain bin villain yeah yeah that's fair uh benny the pound man oh god that, benny that whole scene was not that whole segment at the pound was not funny 
It was so not funny that I loved it, but not for the right reasons. Because it just it can't, it kept a... fucking going. And it, it, it never, see, now, I can, I can appreciate not funny if it's bizarre, like, you're, like, uh... It was a little, it was a little bizarre, fucking, this pound is just a fucking prison, and he's got fucking, he's talking to other guards over the fucking walkie-talkie to open the cages. It's fucking, what the ha, hell ha, is ha. happening? People think these are cookies, they're really dog biscuits, <laughs> Yeah, we got the joke earlier when he ate it and spit it out, you don't, like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> and even that act, that actor. Oh god, that actor was yeah. was a choice. There were some choices made there. <laughs> there were some choices made. Uh, the actor playing <clears throat> Benny kind of felt like that was like a buddy of the director. Yeah, and he's like, "Hey, you know when you uh, do that thing, do it for the movie. It'll be great." It's, it's so you know we laugh all the time in the car <laughs> trying to get coffee. Uh, just just do that. It's, it's gonna be great. I trust me. I know it's gonna kids be great. are gonna I mean, love it. Yeah. You're so funny. It's gonna be great. You were the funniest man I know. You're the best. Do you know? I mean, uh, please be in this movie. Do you know who? Do you know Kevin James? Well, his brother. No, you don't say that. Oh, yeah. You know Kevin James? Yeah, his brother. <laughs> you gotta have more enthusiasm. You're right. You're right. You're totally right. It's like, yeah, I make it sound like the director is excited. Like, you know, it's, it's not like some directors might go, "Oh shit, I only got his brother," but this guy's like, oh, "We got Kevin James' brother." Yes. <laughs> yeah. Never use. Never, never use his name either, even on set. All right, Kevin James' brother. That was really good. Um, can you be? I, actually, mo- I go by, I, Can you be I, I more? Go by Gary Valentine. Can you be more? No, it's fine. Kevin James' brother. Um, can you be more mean to your daughter in this take? Like insult her gingerbread house making skills. Uh, why is he so terrible, parent? I like that line in the in the post credits. I'm kind of bummed they didn't use that in the fucking movie. Just come on, honey. We wanna we wanna make this pretty. Yeah, because he's he, he's still close enough of an asshole in these movies. I don't know why that line was cut. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> he's already kind of a snarty prick. I would like it if they at least doubled down on that, but they don't. It's like they want to have their mediocrity and be unfunny too. Uh, nitpicky script parts here, real quick. They rob how many houses, but they can't, like, uh, unlock a door? Yeah, that was a big question to me, that that was the first house that Dean Cain learned his partner couldn't lockpick a door. Yeah, this, like, even the film, this is, like, the third house on the block, apparently. Even though they said it was the second, but apparently there's been other two other houses on the block. I was confused by that, too, but when I rewatched it, Dean Cain says no more than two houses on the same block. And oh, this okay. is breaking the rule of doing a third house on this block. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you're, Boom, clear it up. you're not wrong clear because up. I was also confused, but then when I rewatched it, I'm like, oh, okay, he did say that. It's just it kind of blends fucking together. Uh, there was a quote unquote tranquilizer dart to oh my uh, fucking Barty's God. head that looked like a Nerf dart. It didn't look like a Nerf dart. It was a Nerf dart. They didn't even, they didn't even paint it properly. It was still orange. And you can see the end of it where it went out the gun. Yeah. And it stuck it to his head. At least, at least when he, at least when they, he pulled it out, they added a needle to the dart, but it still looked like a Nerf dart with a needle on it. Also, he shot his friend in the brain with a tranquilizer gun. He's dead. <laughs> no, he has a pretty thick skull. That's he's okay. Jesus Christ, I d- I did slightly appreciate the fact that they referenced the uh, chandelier being shit in Act One, and then you actually do get a payoff in the ending. 
Yeah, that was one of those when I was watching the film, I I, I knew where it was going. It's like, oh, chandelier time. Oh, yep, there yeah. it is. I mean, it wasn't moments. clever. I just appreciated that that they actually had like. Oh yeah, it was set up enough. <laughs> yeah. I, I do like films that set up something. So there's a there's a slight plus to them. Yes. Uh, okay, I don't have anything else I want to talk about except for the creme. De creme. <laughs> it's in the it's in the last like thirty seconds of this movie. It was the best part of this entire. Did movie. you notice him before I pointed him out? Uh, Rachel did. I was looking down, and Rachel's like, "What's up, that kid?" <laughs> and actually, no. Ra- actually, there's another kid that, that someone's holding. So she missed the kid. You pointed it out. And I was actually, sorry, back up here. <laughs> Rachel noticed a kid that was being like held back by a parent. So I was rewinding to see that. But then I also saw your thing about this kid. So I looked, and then I there's this kid <laughs> in the front of these carolers front that is left. just like. He's fucking jamming. He's like swinging his arms, like yeah, fucking rock and roll, motherfuckers, to this Christmas carol. And it's like then, like they, they don't show that kid anymore. No, no, they don't. They gave everyone else in that shot a close up, except the best character in the film. I had to rewind and watch it again because I was laughing so fucking hard. That kid was amazing. Yeah, I, I had that moment where I rewound specifically. I thought originally you were talking about the kid. There was a kid like right next to him being like held back, like the like the kid's trying to move, and the parents like grabbing and pulling them back. So I thought you were talking about that. So I was looking for that, but then I saw the kid doing the jig, <laughs> and I I lost my shit. I was I, mean, I, had, I had rewinded like four times, and, like the best part of the fucking movie. Then I then I was able to con- put in context what you were talking about and everything, and I uh, I loved it. Good. I'm glad. Made, made, made my $2.99 I spent on this movie worth it. Good job, kid. For that kid that's like fucking rocket. <laughs> rocket so hard! God, it's amazing. <laughs> I love that kid. I, I I think I I think I have 48 hours. No. I think I think I have time to go back. I'm gonna go back and put bring that up and record it real oh, quick. Oh yes, please record it. Yes, yes, yes. Good call. I think, I think my rental is still good on Amazon. Good. Please do that. <laughs> If I can, I will, I will find it, and I'll bring that up. Uh, yeah, I have access next 24 hours. Boom, baby! Going up on the Facebook page! <laughs> Let's find uh, that kid's name and get him in Meowie Halloween. Okay, so last 30 seconds of the film, what was your star rating on that? Uh, on the kid or the film? Just the kid. Oh, kid's a 5 out of 5. Kid is, like a, kid is a 5 out of 5. <laughs> When the star rating list ever gets made for for movie films, uh, there's gonna be a category just for kid at the end of Dog Who Saved Christmas. <laughs> five out of five. <laughs> okay, so what would we give the film overall? I don't know if we have any other final thoughts besides that kid is fucking awesome. No, that's it. Uh, this is a boring movie. Act one really set me up to expect at least something that was so stupid I would laugh at it, and it just completely fell apart. Um, it is not a very good movie, but at the same time, it's not, like, horribly offensive. The pacing was dog shit, but I guess the movie wasn't insulting to me. It just mm-hmm. wasn't good. Does that make sense? No, I think I'm right there with you. It just was horrifically paced, felt like it was so, like, it, this film felt so stretched to make it to that 90-minute mark. Yeah. To make it around there for for broadcast because like the credits, opening credits are stretched. The oh fuck. god, yeah. There's just tons of scenes. Like there's a oh, I gotta give you up, Zeus. <laughs> like oh, I'll do it later. I got a grandma's house. Bye. Uh, in their fucking library, their sauna. Just oh, have this fucking house. sauna. This little men configuration. Uh, <laughs> if if the pacing of this film was better, this would be a very solid three. But the pacing brings this down to 
I'm teetering between a two and a two and a half. Yeah, it was a two and a half. I, I'm giving it a two and a half because of the kid. So just to yeah. be just so just to make it official for everyone, this movie is just as good as the Last Jedi. This movie is slightly better. Than that. <laughs> if you have to see really one movie this week between the Last Jedi and the Dog Who Saved Christmas, save your money and watch the Dog Who Saved Christmas because you know what the Last Jedi doesn't have? That kid fucking rocking out at the end. Well, Steve, uh, this film was the number one film in the 2009 winter season, garnering 4 million viewers. So 4 million people can't be wrong. All right. Jesus. That... I'm sure four, I'm sure more people have seen The Dog Is Ate Christmas than I've seen The Last Jedi. I don't think that's true. I, uh, uh, Worldwide? I think it's at, um, on, on a television broadcast. That's true. Okay, so... Who even broadcast Star Wars on TV anymore? Okay, so at the end of The Last Jedi, instead of the kid holding the broom, looking at the sun setting, it's that kid rocking out. As the sun. <laughs> <laughs> that would, uh, man, that would make that movie way better. I could, I could just he's got, perfectly he's got the broom as a, visualize he's that He's got the kid. broom as a guitar, he's like strumming. Yeah. <laughs> and then the camera's like, like cropping him out and zooming in on another kid. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that would have been different and interesting. I would watch that. I can picture this kid so vividly in my brain that I'm just going to start placing him into endings of other movies to make them better. Well, you, I'll get you. Just got to take a video file and like cut him out. Then you can just drop him in anything. You're, you've you've edited movies. You can do that. Yep. Yes, I can. Put him in Man of Steel. <laughs> When him and Lois are kissing in the background of of nine eleven Metropolis, just have him back there, just rocking like out, like in the very back left by the buildings. Yeah. <laughs> this this little like six year old kid can make every movie better. Citizen Kane, boom, better. North by Northwest, better. Vertigo, better. Uh, Gone with the Wind, as soon as um. Rep Butler says, I don't give a damn. Cut to kid going, just doing the fucking going to it. Yeah. I can't help but do the motions as I talk about it. I can see you doing it. Because I knew what you were doing. <laughs> Guys, look at this movie just to see this kid, please. <laughs> just watch this kid. It's worth three bucks and 90 minutes of your life to see this kid at the end of the movie. <laughs> Oh my god, this, uh... Oh, man. That kid brought me a lot of joy. <laughs> <laughs> made, this, made this episode way better. Way better. I, I want to end on this note. I looked at Michael Pfeiffer's other film, uh, actually related to Dog Who Saved Christmas, was A Christmas Wedding Tale. Oh. <laughs> Tom Arnold's in this, playing a guy named Pat. Uh, things have been really rough for him. Uh, tell us what movies would have been proved by having a six-year-old little, like, I think, Chinese boy dancing in them by emailing us at moviefilmsofbillandsteve.gmail.com. You can also find us at moviefilmsofbillandsteve.tumblr.com. All of our episodes are listed there in a nice, neat, orderly fashion. You can check out all of the past films from this year, 2017, and we'll talk more about some of our favorite episodes we did in next week's uh, 2017 uh, wrap-up where we go through our worst of the year and our top, top five favorite films of 2017. 
along with any other fun, heart-filled memories we have. You can also find us on Facebook or on iTunes. Uh, like, leave a comment, or subscribe, leave a five-star review on both respective platforms. That'd be lovely of you. You can also find us on Stitcher, the website, and their mobile app. And as always, I am on Twitter, at LovableBill. And of course, guys, you can check out my film, SilverSpotlightFilms.com, Facebook.com slash SilverSpotlightFilms, Facebook.com slash TheAmazingSpiderSteve if you want to see me be a superhero. I've been really busy, so I haven't been updating that page too often recently, but there's still a bunch of cool superhero pictures of me on there. And, again, go to Amazon Prime, look up A Meow Christmas. It is free to watch if you're a Prime subscriber. If you aren't a Prime subscriber, it is 99 cents to rent. And I think it's $3 to, like, own forever, so... Check it out, guys. Fantastic. Uh, well, as always, guys, I've been I've Bill. I've been Steve. And there are no quotes on the <laughs> for this movie. Uh, but I'll just say that there were some talking mice in this movie. That you oh, those fucking mice. Jesus Christ. That were really bad. There were children's voices. And I think they said they were made like, Aha, this, this dog is the worst. This dog can't bark. What a faggot. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, those mice are terrible. Also, they have a mouse problem, and it's it's such a fucking problem that they have mice walking around their living room. That's, like, a huge problem. You have way more than just those two mice. You need to call a fucking professional. Now they have a mice problem, as in they have two mice, and they just, they're, they're, they are a problem, and in that they just won't they leave, just won't and leave. they can't do anything about it. They can't do anything about it. Well, we have these mice. We can't do any. I mean, this mansion's so big. I mean, they have room for the mice to like live in like the eastern quadrant of this lament configuration. They're down there. You know when uh, when she was walking in Hellraiser two, Hell, uh, uh, when she was walking around in Hell, when she went to like the room where Frank was, where all the light up tables coming out. That's like the room in the house where the mice live. And the mice have to keep looking at naked women. In the middle of the room is just that pillar that somehow showed up. And then the dude from Hellraiser 3 with the CD player mouth <laughs> right. shows up. Yeah, the CD player mouth. And he, like, shoots out. He's the CD player the kids are playing the dog barking Oh, line. my God! It's confirmed. Dog Save Christmas and Hellraiser franchises in the same universe. It might as well be at this point, right? Dimension! Oh, uh, yeah, after the dog you saved Halloween, Lance Hendrickson uh, it does Hellworld. It's all That's why he has all that special effects stuff for Hellworld, because he bought it for the dog who saved Halloween. There we go. Kill me. <laughs>